there has been this watering down of Mm. the word to appease people so that they're comfortable and so that we don't lose followers Mm. and so that we're not canceled. We are definitely in a state of Jesus is my homeboy, it's cool, whatever. Yeah. I think the idea of reverential fear is so critical. Mm. The most sobering (laughs) scripture ever, Matthew 7, people who are, you know, healing in the name of Mm -hmm. Jesus and prophesying and doing all these good deeds in the name of Jesus. And he looks at them and he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. The thought of knowing all these celebrities and having all these money and flying on private jets and you get to the judgment seat of Christ. And he says, I'm sorry, you are. Hey, you guys, welcome to In Totality, a place where we celebrate authenticity and openness. We're here for those who are willing to explore, those who embrace imperfections, and for those with open hearts and minds. I'm excited to embark on this journey with you. And while I can't predict every twist and turn, I'm certain that God will be by our side with every step of obedience. Welcome to In Totality with me, your host, Megan Ashley. Welcome back, you guys. Welcome back to In Totality. I'm your 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 guest. Why would I say that? I'm your guest. I'm not your guest, but I guess, I mean, if I'm in your home, I'm your guest, I guess. But I'm your host, Megan Ashley, and I have a guest here today. I'm so happy that you guys are back and joining me. I have an amazing guest who I just love and adore. Um, she is somebody who has just blessed me <laughs> in, in recent time and um, I'm really excited to introduce her to the in totality um, audience. So, without further ado, Nona Jones is here. I'm so happy. Virtual claps, everybody. <laughs> virtual claps. I'm so excited you're here. I'm so excited to thank be here. You. Oh, thank no. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How are you feeling? Girl, I feel good. Yeah. How? So, so, this is a new year. It's a new year, new season. It's everything's new. How do you feel about the new year? I'm feeling really good. Yeah. Like, honestly, you know, yeah. this is um, this is probably the first time in my life where I feel like I'm stepping into a new chapter that hasn't been written by me. Yeah. It's been written by God. I love that. Um, I'm I'm kind of a I'm not gonna say I'm a control freak, mm-hmm. but I'm just I'm a I'm a I'm the type of person that likes to know what's going on in life. Same. 2024, God was like, just follow me. I love that. So, yeah. I feel like this is the first year that I actually feel encouraged. Mm. Like, I feel like it's been rough for Mm -hmm. some years. Mm -hmm. Like I feel for me, at least since like 2018 ish, like even going all the way back, like our world has just been crazy from, you know, social injustice to Mm -hmm. politics, to the pandemic, to just pandemic. 2020, just, I'm saying from that year, from 2018 (laughs) on, it's just been like something, you know, every year, every year it's been heavy, but this year I, you know, I don't feel as heavy this year. I feel like God is going to do some amazing things this year. I feel encouraged. It's, it's like. I feel like 2024, and because I'm not the type of person that makes resolutions. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not one of those types of people. I've never been one of those types of people. But toward the end of 2023, it's like God literally spoke to me that I'm turning a corner Mm. in 2024. I love that. It's it's a new new chapter, new seasons. Yeah, I feel that too. I feel that too. I love that. Okay, so I have some icebreaker questions before we get into the meat and potatoes of all of it. All right. Um. So just some icebreaker questions, just to have a little fun. What is your favorite quote? Do you have a favorite quote? Ooh, I have so many. So I'm a voracious reader. Like I read a book a week. Um, I just, I love to read. That's Um, the level I'm trying to be on. A book a week. It takes me 
I'm gonna get better though. I mean, I'm gonna get better. I don't know. Like, but see, so okay, quick caveat. So um, I'm an only child, and I grew up in a home where there was there was a lot of chaos, a lot mm-hmm. of dysfunction. Um, and so reading became my escape. Mm. And so that's where my love of reading came from. Mm. So I have so many quotes I love, but there's one in particular that um, this man um, Nathaniel Rutstein he mm. said. And that is that prejudice is an emotional commitment to ignorance. Mm. And the reason why I love that is because if you think about it, prejudice requires pride. Mm -hmm. Like it requires this belief that I know better Mm -hmm. than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But it's not just an intellectual pride. It's an emotional pride. Mm. And so you have to literally have an emotional commitment to staying the same and not wow. growing and not learning. And wow. so that's one of my favorite. Remind quotes. me of that later because I have some questions about that. An okay. emotional commitment. Yeah. That's that's deep. Okay. Yeah. If you had to pick one type of food to eat for the rest of your life, what culture of food, like Mexican, Italian, African, Mediterranean, like what yeah. whatever, what what food would you pick to eat for the rest of your life if you had to? Oh God. So <laughs> I am a foodie. So you literally just stabbed me in my heart. Like I love just trying, like I, I went to a restaurant. I was in Oklahoma city last night. I went to a restaurant, just random restaurant. And I ordered a dessert and I asked the lady to describe, cause I couldn't tell what it was. Mm-hmm. Cause it was like in a different language. It was Lao. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, it's like a coconut soup with like some gelatinous kind of like something in it. And, and I was just like, okay, let me try it. <laughs> so like when you say one type, I'm like, ah, oh. but man, I would say Nigerian and Mediterranean. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then probably Italian and Thai and Lao. And if I can only See, pick one. <laughs> you just picked I know, six. I know, I know. But <laughs> I love Nigerian food. Okay. I love, I love like peppers. I love a lot of flavor. Mm, um, okay. Yeah. So food. Thai is my favorite food. I okay. can eat Thai food morning, noon, evening. Yes. For the rest of my life. What's your I favorite love, dish though? I love basil fried rice. Oh, come on. With a That's little good. bit of spice. That's good. Yeah. And like in, in spring rolls, mm-hmm. like if you just want to, if you want me to just yes. fall in love with you, <laughs> order me some Thai food and you will have my loyalty forever. Oh. It's sad, but yeah, I love Thai food. I can eat we that can forever. Do it. We can okay. Do it. What's your favorite workout and your least favorite workout? Favorite, I would say I love running. Now, I was not always a runner, but as part of my weight loss journey, which I'm sure we'll talk about, mm-hmm. I became a runner. So I love going for just a run, especially a new place because I travel yeah. a lot. So going for a run is my favorite because I can like take in the sights if it's yeah. a pretty place. Yeah, there are some yeah. places you run and it's just like, it's just cement and there's nothing. So there's that. Um, least favorite, probably muscle training of any any sort. Like, like I just- Yeah, weight train stuff. Oh man. Like just the the like- push-ups and sit-ups and the um, split squats and just, I don't, I don't like that. Same. And I think that's what the enemy uses to keep me away <laughs> from the gym. Cause the thought of it, it just, I, the thought. just the thought of it, it no. I quit before I even start. <laughs> right, I right. won't do one just by the <laughs> thought of doing 10. Like oh, I just gosh. can't, I hate weight training. I yes. hate muscle. Like yes. oh, I hate yes. it. But yes. I don't need a whole lot of cardio because yeah. I'm so small. So mm-hmm. I just don't, but it's good for you too. But mm-hmm. yeah, working out, y'all got to pray for me. I, I told Brandy <laughs> I was going to do better in 2024. But, but you look so good. I just, so. I, I, you know, and, and and we can get into it now because weight loss has been yeah. um, 
it's a thing. It's the top of the new year. So everybody yeah. wants to lose weight, yeah. right? Everybody wants to get healthier. And a lot of people ask me, you know, about my weight loss journey because I used to be a lot heavier than I yeah. am now. Yeah. I was, I mean, pushing 200. I mean, I if I really let... And I you're five too, so that's I'm five, yeah, yeah, and I'm short. So, um, but I was, when I moved here, I was about one probably close to 180. Mm. And I just struggled with my, ever since I had kids, mm -hmm. I just struggled. Like mm -hmm. I tried to do it the right way. I would diet. I would try different diets. I would yeah. work out. I had a trainer. Mm -hmm. I did all the things and I just could not lose mm -hmm. the weight. Um, and unfortunately I, I, I went into a really bad depression in 2021 mm -hmm. and I dropped so much weight and I've been able to keep it off, which I'm thankful for. Mm -hmm. I'm, I hate that it happened in the way it did, but I'm thankful that I lost the weight, but that's a struggle for a lot of people. And I know mm -hmm. that you've had a significant <laughs> weight loss journey and you've yeah. been able to maintain it. Mm -hmm. So what kind of, what started that and sure. how do you maintain it now? Yeah. Well, I, I laughed because I was um, I was at a restaurant one day and I was eating a brownie and this woman, um, she walked over to me and she said, it must be nice to be able to eat stuff like that and be skinny. And I <laughs> laughed because I was like, ma'am, I don't have a skinny gene in my body. <laughs> right. Um, if you only knew my story. Uh, but yeah, I have I've maintained a 110 pound weight loss wow. for the last almost 11 years. Um, but the struggle for me actually started in childhood. So I, I referenced earlier that I had a really chaotic childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom was very like mentally, physically, verbally abusive to me. Um, her boyfriend sexually abused me as well, um, starting at the age of five. Mm. And, um, after the first assault happened, he told me, you better not tell your mom cause she'll get rid of you. And so I, I didn't say anything for a couple of years and he was repeatedly abusing me. I didn't say anything. But after I finally said something, I told my mom, um, she had him arrested and um, I thought it was over. But on the day of his release from jail, she took me with her to pick him up and brought him back home. And uh, I was about eight. Lord. And I just remember him getting in the car and there was like this smirk on his mm. face. Right. And so the abuse resumed. And like I said, my mom was physically abusive. And so I started to take refuge in just food. Like mm. my mom, she would keep all types of sweets in the house. And so I would eat them. I remember being like this little kid, I would eat a whole package of Chips Ahoy, like the two containers. I would eat the whole thing in one sitting. I mean, I could do that too. Listen, I would, but but I was like eight. <laughs> eight right, you know what I'm saying? Right, I would eat right. that. I would eat like the Oreo cookies. I would have, you know, if she cooked dinner, I would have like two, three helpings of food. Like I, I used food to anesthetize the pain wow. um, of what I was feeling. I didn't know it then, but of course I know now. And so um, I gained a lot of weight. I was teased relentlessly. Mm. My kid, uh, my classmates called me Miss Piggy. They called me Fatty Pants. All these things. And um, throughout my life, you know, especially when I got into high school, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be a skinny girl. I wanted mm. to lose weight. So I tried. You know, I didn't know about health and fitness, yeah. but I tried things like just eating less. Um, and I eventually discovered um, that you could throw up your food. And so I kind of descended into bulimia wow. for a long time. And um, at I lost what age weight. did you start that? I was probably 14. Mm. I was probably 14. Mm -hmm. And um, I would eat, you know, just binge, eat all this food and then purge. And um, I lost some weight until I was about 17 or 18. Graduated high school, went into college. Um, I maintained my weight loss through college. But mm -hmm. when I got married, 
and started having mm-hmm. children, um, it's like I just I gained it. Yeah. I gained it back. I yeah. got to the point where I was almost three hundred pounds. I was like, no. yeah, I was I was about two hundred and eighty pounds something. I was about wow. about a hundred pounds heavier than you, but I'm also like five it's, seven, okay. so I'm a little yeah. bit taller. But um, I remember feeling just so hopeless. Mm. Like I tried, girl, everything. I tried um, the apple cider vinegar diet. Yeah. Atkins, low carb, no carb, Weight Watchers. I tried Jenny Craig. I tried it all. And I would lose a few pounds, but I would always gain it back with interest. Like always. Factors delicious, ready to eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition pack add-ons to help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done all the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved and nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals a week. Plus, you can pause and reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash totality50 and use code totality50 and get 50% off. That's code totality50 at factormeals.com slash totality50 to get 50% off. All right, guys, back to the show. All right, guys, before we continue on with this episode, just a quick announcement. Black representation in media is super important to our community as it promotes diversity, challenges stereotypes, and allows for more authentic storytelling. It helps foster a sense of belonging and can positively impact societal perceptions and breaking down biases. Tabitha Brown, Ava DuVernay, Viola Davis, Issa Rae all have made significant contributions to film, television, and media paving the way for more diversity and inclusion. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are a distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories and Black truths. I recently listened to an episode titled The Civil Rights Generation. The show gives a deeper look into the stories beyond the history book providing firsthand accounts of what happened from the people who actually lived it. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. 
Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center black voices. It's NPR's Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices that are varied, nuanced, and black. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, guys, back to the show. Um, It's the with interest. With interest, (laughs) child. And I just... I think what happened was, I think the turning point was my youngest son, I remember I was laying in bed one day and he was in his crib crying. He was down the hall, not mm-hmm. far, just down the hall. And I got up to walk down to his room. And by the time I got to the the doorway, I was out of breath. Like I was out of breath, my joints ached. And I decided in that moment, mm-hmm. I can't live mm-hmm. like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I would take my babies to the park and I couldn't even play with them because mm-hmm. I was just tired. Um, so I decided then I was like, you know what? I got to make a change yeah. and I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to eat right and exercise. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Like this, <laughs> I I've been trying I've never to lose weight for 10 years. You know what? I'm going to try something new. I'm going to yeah. eat right. Isn't that crazy? I'm just going to, I'm going to eat right and exercise. So and that, just being consistent in it, like yes. committing to it. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. that weekend I went to Barnes and Noble and again, I'm a voracious reader. So <laughs> I, I got a book called weight loss for dummies. And I read the book (laughs) cover to cover and I, I cleaned out my pantry. I got rid of all the high fat sugary foods Wow! and I committed. I was like, all right, Monday morning, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to work out. And so that Sunday night, it was in the winter. It was cold. I set my alarm and I was like, all right, um, I'm going to wake up 6am going to the gym. I laid down that night. I was so excited. I'm going to go to the gym, work out. (laughs) Girl, that alarm went off in the dark coldness of the morning. And I was like, no. I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> I hadn't even done anything. It's so relatable because <laughs> I, so many, I know so many people can relate to that where you get like, you get, you you do oh, yeah. the meal prep, you got your workout outfit, you, you got your gym it. bag. I'm going to go. You sign up for the gym membership <laughs> and then the morning comes. <laughs> right. And I was like. And you're like, this bed feels good. Yes. And that, it makes no sense for me to get up and go work out right now. But you know what I did in that moment that I had never done before? As I prayed, mm. like I didn't allow myself to give into the feeling of defeat. Yeah. I said, God, I cannot do this in my own power. Yeah. I need yours. Yeah. And I got out of that bed and I went and put on those workout clothes and I drove through the darkness to the gym and I did my little 30 minutes on the elliptical and I got back home and I've never looked back. Wow. And every morning, Wow. I would pray the same prayer. God, I don't want to do this. Wow. I don't want to do this. Wow. I don't have the power to do this. I need yours. And he gave me the grace wow. to commit to it. And wow. mind you, listen, I was not a runner when I started off, mm-hmm. but I would see people like running down the street. And, I, I, yeah, I, I admire like, them. I admire <laughs> them because I was like, nobody's chasing you. Like, why? <laughs> why are you like, what is what the is purpose this? of that? Yeah, for sure. But I admired them and I wanted to be them. Yeah. And so um, I decided to sign up for a half marathon. That was like maybe, I think it was maybe seven months later. Wow. And I downloaded the Couch to 5K app on my phone and I did the program. And then I graduated from that to the 5K to 10K app. Wow. And then I graduated from that and I started training for my half marathon. And girl, I crossed the finish line of my half marathon. I was 60 pounds lighter. And wow. I told myself, I was like, this is the... First and last race I'm ever doing. But when I crossed that finish line, I was so flooded with emotion yeah. that when I got back to the hotel, I registered for another race. Wow. And I've done 
15 up to this point. No way. Yeah, I'm doing another one next month. No way. Yeah. How okay, so the one next month, how long is that? It's it's a half marathon. Half marathon. Okay. miles, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can run 0.13 miles. So let me tell you, I felt that way too. Like I remember when I was <laughs> training. So I was training for the, the 5K. Mm -hmm. I could not finish the 5K. Like I signed up for a 5K mm -hmm. after doing the program. Mm -hmm. I was like, I could do a 5K. I couldn't even finish that. And then one of my coworkers, who was a true elite runner at yeah. the time, he said, Nona, if you can run a 5K, you can run a marathon. Keep going. Wow. That wow. thing stayed with me. And here we are. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so if you had to kind of encourage um, anybody in that journey and yeah. starting that journey, especially moms yeah. who have children mm -hmm. whose bodies have changed, right? Um because that's a big thing mm -hmm. when your body changes and it's not responding the way it used to respond yeah. anymore. Um, what does that, like what encouragement can you give to them? And when you have children, like I noticed what you said, you said you cleared out your pantry. So yeah. it was not just a lifestyle change for you. I'm sure the whole house had to change, right? Listen, my husband, <laughs> my husband was like, why are we on a diet? <laughs> we're fine. Like uh, we're okay. And I was like, no, I need you to be on this journey with me. Yeah. I need, I don't have the discipline yet. Yeah. Now I'm okay. Like he yeah. can walk in the house and he does. <laughs> he can walk in the house with cupcakes and just leave on the counter. And I'm like, all right. But wow. then, oh, they would have been gone. Gone. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So so changing everybody's lifestyle yeah. is really important too. Yeah. 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 I think the encouragement. So I'll, I would give the encouragement that I gave myself. Mm -hmm. Here's what's funny. God is so, he's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I started off with um, an accountability partner. Like there okay. was this young lady who she also wanted to lose weight. And okay. so we we're like, we're going to do this thing together. Mm -hmm. Well, our First workout was supposed to be like a mile walk around a park. She didn't show up. So I was there but she never showed up. And so I called her and she was like, oh, something came up and I couldn't do it. So I went ahead and did the thing. Mm -hmm. The next day, she didn't show up again. And I called her. She said, oh, something came up. I decided in that moment that I would be my accountability mm -hmm. partner. I decided in that moment that I was not going to allow the vision I had for my future to be in any way contingent on somebody else's decision. And so well, I committed to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my first encouragement is go it alone, whether somebody's with you or not, mm -hmm. make the commitment to yourself. The second thing is you're going to hit plateaus. Yeah. It's going to happen. Like yeah. there's going to come times where you're like, man, I just did everything. I ate all the right things. I worked out and the scale didn't change. Mm -hmm. What I had to learn to do is to allow plateaus to be my motivation to yeah. work harder. Yeah. Don't let your plateau become the thing that discourages you. Yeah. Let it be a sign that what got you this far won't take you any further. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm going to change something. Yeah. Maybe I maybe I uh, increase the resistance at which I'm running. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I change up the workout regimen. Yeah. But you have to break through that plateau. Yeah. And then um, allow your success to be your inspiration. Mm. You know, like if you drop a pound, man, clap your clap yeah. for yourself. Yeah. You don't need everybody else to clap. Yeah. For you. Some people going, they're not going to notice, but yeah. you saw but the you pound. Know. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. Clap for yourself, and then just trust the process. Yeah, it's a process, mm -hmm. and because it's a process, there are steps to it. Yeah. But here's the thing: um, there's an organization called the Statistic Brain Research Institute, and they found that like 90 percent of the people who make a commitment to lose weight in the new year mm -hmm. fail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's another 10% that go on to lose the weight, but about 90% of that 10% don't keep it off. Less than 1% of people actually lose weight and keep it off. And what made the difference is that those 1% of people 
saw their setbacks as an opportunity to work harder. Wow. Not as something to to be Fa- discouraged failure. about. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that'd That's be my a, that part. that was a big thing for me. Like if I maybe not so much like a I guess the failure for me was something would come up mm. and I would it would knock me off my normal schedule. Oh yeah. My, and I'm a schedule person. Like mm-hmm. once I get into a routine, I'm good all yes, day. Once same. I get into like a habit, I'm good yep. all day. But the second something, my kid is sick, something <laughs> uh-huh. happens, yeah. you know, I got to, my car needs my tire pop or something, just anything crazy happens mm-hmm. and it throws me off my schedule, yeah. then I'm off. Yep. Then I'm off. And yep. and what you said, um, not letting that be, you know, stopping mm-hmm. me, but using that as like, okay, mm-hmm. recommit, yep. restart, just get back in it. And to that point, the other thing I had to learn is- you don't need a milestone. Mm-hmm. Like some people, they'll, they'll get off track and they'll be like, all right, I'll get back on track Monday. Yeah. Or next month. Yeah. Or next year. Yeah. No, 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 no. Next minute. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like, so I, I ate the thing I shouldn't have eaten. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to drink more water today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work out this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to commit in the next minute to mm-hmm. change. I'm not going to wait for- I love that. Another week, another yeah. month, another year. I love that. But but doing that and using every minute. Yeah. You can make you can be a different person in the next minute than you are in this moment. Yeah. You don't have to wait for a new year. You don't have to wait that. for another week. Make the decision and change. Yeah, because new decide new starts when you decide. That's right. When that's you right. decide that you want something new, that's when new starts. That's when it starts. Whether yeah. it's January first or July second. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Whenever you decide to start something new. That's when, you know, whenever mm-hmm. you're ready for decide, like I'm going to do something new, that's when it happens. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song, of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals, your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device, subject to change. S24 plus 256 GB offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And I think the other thing that I see a lot of people do, especially like in the weight loss journey, is they try to pick a specific event. Like, I'm going to lose weight for the summer. I'm going to lose weight for this wedding. I'm going to lose weight for this event. And I think if you're doing that, Mm -hmm. I think that's setting yourself up for failure because- Instead of just going into it like I'm going to make a lifestyle yes, change, that's it. And even if by that by that event, if you haven't lost the weight, yeah. but if you're committed to the lifestyle mm-hmm. change, by the next time something comes mm-hmm. around, you know you'll be kind of better in a better position of where you were. So yep. I think yep. doing that, it's a decision and it's a lifestyle change, and it's not something like I'm. I am not the expert, <laughs> nor do I have any business talking about committing to being healthier. Um, but um, I don't think it's any different than your spiritual health. That's it. And That's I think exactly right. when I made that, I know that I can do it physically because I know I did it spiritually. Mm-hmm. And when I made the decision to be healthier spiritually, yeah. 
and not just, oh, I just want to, you know, I'm going to look up a scripture to encourage a yes. friend, or I just want to look up a look, look up a scripture so that my caption on, yes. on Instagram can be good or, you know, but just, I wake up and read scripture because I love God mm. and I want to know him. You know, I, through this journey, I found, and I kind of knew it at the beginning, but it's become really real to me now that there is literally a connection between our spiritual health and our physical mm -hmm. health. Like the way that our physical health expresses itself is an indicator of what is happening to yeah. us spiritually yeah. and mentally. Yeah. As I started to get healthy, it's like I got healthy in every dimension. Mm. It, it wasn't just that my body became more fit. It was like I was spending so much more time with God. The quality of the time I was spending with God was so rich. Yeah. My mind was clearer and sharper. Yeah. Things And I realized, too, that the physical weight I was carrying was actually just a manifestation of the spiritual weight I was carrying. And as I started to just, like, get free from some of the things Ooh. that I had been struggling with spiritually, it's like I found that well of yeah. discipline physically. Yeah. Because the spirit and the flesh are at war with each other all, all the time. All the time. Right? And so if the flesh is winning, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. that's that's how it looks when we're not healthy. If mm -hmm. the flesh is winning, that means something's going on in our spirit. Mm. So they're related. Yeah, I see that a lot too. And I think disciplining your flesh, mm -hmm. it helps produce mm. a more healthier spiritual life. Absolutely. When you are committed to disciplining your flesh. And that looks, that can look like a lot of things. Yeah. It can look like working out. It yeah. can look like dieting or eating mm -hmm. healthy. It can look at look like watching what you say, watching what you watch. Watching what you watch. Watching who you with. Watching where your feet going at night. Watching who you texting. Yeah. All that. All that. It's disciplining your flesh yes. and, and saying, God, especially for those who are deciding to have um, a relationship with Christ yeah. and are pursuing this godly lifestyle mm -hmm. and who want to live holy and righteous, which I know is an unpopular opinion Sadly. nowadays. Sadly. I know a lot of people don't want to live righteous and holy. But for those of you who do want to live righteous and holy, there is something to be said about crucifying your flesh. Mm -hmm. Because when you do, like I was talking to my mom about this earlier today because she loves Enoch. She's like, I want to be, She's she said this my entire life. I want to be like Enoch. <laughs> come I want to walk with God until I am not. Come, come and, on, come on. And, and I told her, we were talking about it this morning. And I always looked at that when, you know, when she would say that. And when I would read about Enoch and I would always look at it. I thought Enoch just evaporated out of the sky, which I'm assuming <laughs> that's what he did. But when I, when she brought it up to me today and I was like, you know what, mom, I want to walk with God. Yeah. I want to walk with Christ until I am not. And not in the sense of like evaporating, yeah. right? Or just disappearing. But I want Megan to disappear. Come on. Come I on. don't want any yeah. of this. I don't want any of, oh, and, and not just like I'm a, a zombie or, mm -hmm. you know, like a mummy, but like all of the fleshly desires that I have, all the yeah. fleshly wants that I have, I want everything that I am to be, that is not of God, to be dead so that he can fully inhabit Mm -hmm. all of me. Yes. And when yes. you do that, it motivates you to live a physically healthier life yeah. because you realize that this doesn't belong to you, that this is a vessel. Yep. I am a vessel yep. to proclaim the name of Christ, to proclaim God's word and, yes. and, and to, for his name to be glorified. So in order to do that and to do it well, I have to take care of this temple. So it's funny because 
Speaking of temple, okay. I think I have it. Hold I on, love that you have your it. Bible. Oh, of course. We gotta have the, we gotta have the word. We gotta <laughs> have that. us the word with I love us. It. But um, you know, in reading, I think, yeah, first Peter, first Peter two and five, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are literally the temple yeah. of the spirit of God. Yeah. And so what we do with the outer casing mm-hmm. of the temple matters. matters. It, matters. it matters. We take the spirit of God into every place yeah. that we go, what we eat, what we do, every this is the spirit of God, the yeah. temple of God. And so I do think we have to we have to steward it well. Well, well. we have to steward it to I've, his glory. I've, I've felt more convicted about that because because I have dropped so much weight and and it, I've been able to keep it off, but I ha- it hasn't always been healthy. Do you right. know what I'm saying? Like working oh, out it. and eating healthy. And I don't want to take advantage of just being small, yeah. but not living healthy. Yeah. And so lately, the more I've like, you know, just gone deeper with God, I feel more convicted about taking care of my physical health mm-hmm. and being more mindful mm-hmm. to steward this temple yeah. the right way mm-hmm. so that he, you know, so that he can do all that he's supposed to, that mm-hmm. he wants to do in me. Yeah. But it's like, I have a responsibility mm-hmm. to take care of this. He's not going to just, you know, make, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, you have a decision. You have yeah. free will. You have to make, you have to make the decision. And so um, I think I pray that that's helpful yeah. to people that are in both ways, whether you want to lose weight or maybe you are small, but you're just not living healthy. Either way, it's like just, you know, disciplining this, this flesh. Because God, like God designed. So I was a microbiology and cell science major. So I love everything, (laughs) anatomy, physiology, all that. Our body is a living miracle. Mm. You know, um, as someone who loves science, it's always funny to me how people say science and faith are at odds with each other. When in fact, science simply points to the the wonder of God. Mm -hmm. When you look at the human body and how it's designed, everything at the cellular level, the molecular level, all the way up to the uh, the tissues and the organs and the organ system and us being an organism, they work together perfectly. But we can create chaos within Mm -hmm. this perfect system depending on how we treat our body. And for years, I was living in chaos. I was. I was pre-diabetic. Like I was heading down that path. And if I had crossed that threshold, I would have had nobody to blame but me because mm. it wasn't genetic. Yeah. It was because of what I was doing to my temple. Yeah. Um, and so I think we just have to honor it because look, yeah. I want, I don't just want to live a life. I don't even want to just live a long life. I want to enjoy my life. <laughs> that and part. Too many of us yeah. are getting to the place where we're working hard. We're thinking, oh, I'm going to save up and I'm going to retire one day. Mm-hmm. But you retire and you have so many health problems that you can't enjoy, enjoy your life. life. Yeah. And God wants us to enjoy our life. Yeah. That's why he's given us these principles and ways to live and, and to steward and to honor our physical temple yeah. by honoring him yeah. so that we'll have joy and we'll experience joy. Yeah. I think that, that that's a good point is that God wants you to enjoy your life. That's you too. He yeah. wants you to enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that gets missed sometimes because- we can slip into like legalism mm-hmm. with God and it's and it feels like you gotta do this, you gotta do, and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like, oh, is there any joy in the faith? Yeah. Is there any you gotta do this yeah. so that you can experience the joy of God? Yeah. Right. Like it's it's even staying out of certain things yeah. so that you can experience the joy of God. Yeah. God has never given us a law or a rule that was not for our benefit. Yes. 
Yes. Like there is, there is There's not, not one, one yeah. that wasn't for our benefit. And yeah. the enemy will have us believe, oh yeah, he just doesn't want you to experience joy. It's like, no, he's actually trying to protect you from mm-hmm. the pain of mm-hmm. what may be initial fun. Yep. But there's always a cost on yep. the back end. So and he's, and, and the enemy is not new in his tricks. The mm-hmm. same thing that he did with Eve. Exactly. Did he really but say, he, really? he just doesn't want you to, you know, yeah. and it's, a, and that those things can slip into your, do you really got to go to the gym? Exactly. You exactly. can just sleep. That's right. good. You need rest. Yeah. It's like, you. so it, you want you that got, chocolate chip cookie. You know. You deserve it. You've you had just, a bad day. You've had a long day. Yes. Right? So it's just like, <laughs> it's really just admitting your decision. Like, yeah. I'm making a decision. Yeah. It's making a decision. Mentally, spiritually, I'm making a decision. Physically, yeah. to be healthier. Yeah. So I pray that everybody in 2024, I'm going to do better. Y'all hold me accountable. <laughs> Seriously. I'll be hold, checking on you. Yes, like, hey, please. This episode of In Totality is brought to you by McDonald's Best Burgers Ever. McDonald's Classic Burgers are hotter, juicier, and tastier than ever before. So much so that Hamburglar is on the loose. The patties are cooked to juicy perfection. The cheese is perfectly melted. The Big Mac has more special sauce in every bite. They're topped with a pillow soft golden bun. These are truly McDonald's Best Classic Burgers Ever. Or in the words of the Hamburglar, Rubble. Rubble. Try McDonald's best burgers ever at a McDonald's near you. Okay, guys, back to the show. You send me the yeah. workouts. I saw your post today and I was like, you need to get me one of the workout <laughs> things on the wall. Where oh, I the could tunnel. just because yeah. I don't like going to the gym. Yeah. I like being at home. And I think going to the gym, the drive from here to the gym. That's a discouragement in of itself. I will sit in the parking lot. <laughs> I have before sat at the gym parking lot for an hour. <laughs> Over an hour, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. I was like, you could have been had your workout done. <laughs> you, but you in don't your go car, in. scrolling, trying to find every reason, <laughs> waiting for somebody at your kid's school to call <laughs> to come pick them up. <laughs> waiting for a tragedy so you don't have to go Jesus. in the gym. Yeah. That's not okay. So this year, y'all hold me uh, accountable. Everybody in this room, hold me accountable. I have to do better. <laughs> I got to do better. You can do it. I, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I want to go back. Um, yeah. I first saw you preach back in 2023. I think it was summertime. Mm-hmm. And you, and I was in like a really <laughs> heart, heartbroken place. Just so much was going on in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Recently divorced, recently moved into this home. Yeah. My first time ever living by myself on my own, paying bills on my, just all the things. Um, and just transitioning out of, you know, what my last podcast and all the things were going on. Mm-hmm. And um, you preached about rejection. Mm-hmm. And it, when I say it changed so much in me, only in one reason being because I don't think I ever identified mm-hmm. that I battled with rejection. Yeah. Like I might have, like you know how it can you can feel it a little bit, but not mm-hmm. be able to identify or articulate what that is. Mm-hmm. And the way that you um, shared your story, um, it put so much language to what I had been feeling mm-hmm. for so long. And I know that it would be so encouraging to everybody. But when it comes to rejection, and I know you wrote a book about this. Yeah, yeah, it's coming out. It's coming out soon. Okay, it's coming out this year. year, I'm really excited. I can't wait. I'm going to be, y'all know me. (laughs) Y'all know. Once I read a book and I love it, I send it to everybody I know. So y'all get ready for Nona's book. Please let me know when they come because I will send it to everybody. Um, But rejection 
is mm-hmm. such a strong tool that the enemy uses oh, yeah. to discourage people. Yeah. Um, so just tell us kind of where that began with you. I know we yeah. talked about your upbringing. I'm sure that stemmed from that. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, how did you, when was it first introduced? Yeah. And how can you get out of that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you overcome sure. years of rejection? Mm-hmm. And it in the ways that it shows up because it shows up in different ways. Yeah, like first of all, I thank God for the revelation He gave me about rejection because for so long I saw rejection as something to um, be discouraged by, mm-hmm. as something to be hurt by. But God just opened my eyes to the truth, which mm-hmm. is He can take rejection, turn it around, mm-hmm. and make it work for your good and his glory. Mm. And how he does that is what's powerful. So I shared earlier how I had a really crazy childhood. Um, My mother would regularly remind me that she didn't want me. Um, She shouldn't have had me. Um, She would call me names. When I was in school, teachers would ostracize me. I got sent to the principal's office. Uh, When I got older, I ended up in some relationships where I was cheated on. Um, The guy who I thought I was gonna marry got another girl pregnant, um, just rejection after rejection mm-hmm. after rejection, had a situation professionally where I was in a job I loved and some things happened where I experienced rejection there. And I just always felt like I just, I, I had the sense that I wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. right? Like rejection made me feel like something yeah, was wrong, wrong with, with me. You. Like yeah. I was defective. And even with my mom, I remember being like, what did I do? Like, yeah. what did I do that was so wrong Yeah, that you just would tell me you didn't want me, that you would let your boyfriend hurt me in this way, knowing what he was doing. And I kind of wore my rejection like a coat, Mm. you know, like I just felt like something was wrong with me. And as I was kind of doing some self-work to try to really excavate how my rejection was showing up in my life, the Lord helped me to see that it was showing up in my success which is not the normal way you would think rejection Mm. would show up because you would think rejection would show up as, you know, feeling insecure, feeling less than. Well, God gave me a revelation that uh, rejection can actually create success by making you do one of two things. Success can be achieved by either running toward your future, Mm -hmm. which is you have a vision for your future, you're excited about it, you're called to it, or success can be achieved by running from your past, Mm. which is... There's something that I want to escape from. Yeah. And so I want to create a new identity through achievement. And that's how uh, rejection showed up in my life. I mm. uh, was an executive at the age of 23 for a very large corporation. From there, got recruited to a bunch of big companies, higher promotions, bigger salaries, bigger mm. you know, platforms, bigger teams, global teams, doing all this stuff. And at every single promotion, I still felt like I was worthless. Like there was still this nagging sense that something was wrong with me. All right, you guys, at this point, I know we can spot a too good to be true health hack a mile away. Do you check for the latest studies on health aging or do you read labels like it's your job? Come on, be honest. Is that you? Well, congratulations. You're a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds their standards. Ritual's Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. I love Ritual Essentials because for women 18 and older, 
This is one of the few multivitamins that are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified bee crop and made traceable. Gentle on an empty stomach with a minty essence in every bottle that helps making taking your multivitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash totality. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash totality for 25% off. All right, back to the show. Okay, you guys, before we continue on with this episode, have you ever been on a hunt for a new doctor and you ask everyone? So I totally know what this feels like. You ask everybody who you know for a doctor that listens to you, knows what you need, makes you feel comfortable. After weeks of searching and asking everyone around town, you finally find the one. It's close to the kid's school. It's close to your house. It's amazing. It checks all the boxes. So then you call the office, you make an appointment, and they actually have an available appointment. Everything is working out just right. But then the receptionist tells you that the perfect doctor that you've been waiting for and you search all over for doesn't take your insurance. I'm telling you right now, wipe the tears, put away the ice cream, and head over to ZocDoc.com to find and book a doctor who is right for you and takes your insurance. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones that take your insurance, that are located near you, and treat almost every and any condition you're searching for. These doctors have verified reviews from actual real patients, not robots. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc.com is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. You can find the doctor you want and book them immediately with just a few app taps. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Go to ZocDoc.com totality and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc.com totality. ZocDoc.com slash totality. All right, guys, back to the show. And so um, to make a long story short, I was reading the story of David and Goliath one day. And um, I think everyone knows how, you know, David just like shows up mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, Goliath is taunting the Israelites, you know, hey, y'all send me your best warrior. Mm-hmm. If he kills me, then, you know, we'll surrender. But if I kill him, then y'all have to surrender. And uh, David shows up. He's actually just bringing his brother's lunch because his brothers were in the military. And uh, he overhears what Goliath is saying. And so he's like, who is this Philistine mm-hmm. to, to say something against the people of God, mm-hmm. right? Like, what? Saul overhears him. King Saul overhears him. And Saul's like, you, come here for a second. What are you talking about? He was like, look, I'll fight him. <laughs> Saul looked at him and was like, you can't fight Goliath. Like, you're just a little boy. Mm. And he has been a warrior since his youth. Mm. What's powerful is in that moment, actually, let me, let me, let me read it. Because I, I think... I think it's always good to hear hear the the words of God. Yeah. So um in that moment, okay, this is 1 Samuel chapter 17 beginning at verse 32. So David says to Saul, uh, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine, your servant will go and fight him. Saul says, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him because you're only a young man. He has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, 
I went after it. I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I struck it and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. This is the important, important part. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul told David, go and the Lord be with you. Now we all know that David was victorious that day. We know that he killed Goliath. But what we don't know is that the reason why David was able to defeat Goliath is because of how he was treated by his family. Mm. Because if you actually go back, I think this is in yeah chapter 16, when the prophet Samuel came to David's father's house, Jesse, looking for the next king, because God told Samuel that there was going to be another king mm-hmm. and it was going to be in Jesse's household. Jesse is asked by Samuel to bring all of his sons so that he can meet them. Mm-hmm. Jesse brings seven of his sons to Samuel. Samuel looks at all of them and doesn't see that God has chosen any mm-hmm. of them. Well, Samuel asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Mm-hmm. And Jesse immediately says, oh, no, they're still the youngest. He's out there in the field um, keeping the sheep. And so Samuel said, well, bring him. Like, we're not going to sit down till he yeah. gets here. When David showed up, that's when Samuel said, that's the king. But the part that we miss is that Jesse knew where David was. Mm. Like, Jesse knew exactly where David was when Samuel said, bring all your sons. Mm. It wasn't that Jesse didn't know where he was. It's that he did not invite him. Mm. And that that experience of rejection yeah. is exactly like being left out in a field yeah. by yourself while everybody's meeting with the prophet, right? Yeah. Like you're just left. People know where you are, but they don't invite you. That's what rejection is like. But what God helped me to realize as I was rereading this story is that David didn't defeat Goliath in spite of his rejection. He defeated him because of his rejection. Mm. Like that field was a training ground for the glory that God had for David. There were things David learned in that field that he could not have learned if he was accepted, if he was invited. Um, And so that revelation is what made me start to say, Lord, what can you teach me from all of these experiences Mm. I've had, all these times I've been left out, Mm -hmm. overlooked, called names, uninvited. What are you trying to teach me about myself Mm -hmm. and about others? And that's when I realized that rejection is actually not a bad thing. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a gift. And it completely changed the way that I saw it. And that's why I wrote the book, because I know there are so many people who are nursing rejection in a deep way. Yeah. Because rejection will change you. It changes oh. the way you show up, the way you see yourself. You think something's wrong with you. Yeah. When in fact, God is working through that rejection in order to make you into the person that he ultimately wants you to be. Mm-hmm. There is power mm-hmm. in it and he will use it for your good and his glory. I, I think the first thing that I thought of, I've never thought of it in this way until you said it. We've heard the story of David. Mm-hmm. Our whole lives, right? Especially if you grow up in church, you know the story of David. Yeah. It's one of the first stories they teach you about. Um, but it sounds like when you when you read it, I'm like, oh, okay, David wasn't defending his family. Mm-hmm. He was defending the one that was with him exactly. in the fields, the exactly. one that was with him when he was 
up against the lion. Yeah. The one that was up against the bear. Mm-hmm. And it produced a confidence he had in the Lord. Yes. Yes. And I think that that, and I can resonate, I can only resonate with that mm-hmm. because I know that I've been through that. Yes. Like, yes, you can come out of that wilderness or isolation or rejection mm-hmm. confident because God has been with you. You know what I mean? Like David said it to Saul, verse, let me see, 1 Samuel 17, verse 32. He justified, the reason why he felt he could defeat Goliath is he said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. It is God. He didn't have his father out there in that yep. field. His brothers weren't out in that field. Yep. When those lions and bears came, all he had was God. God, yeah. And God protected him. Yeah. And, and gave him the strength to do it again. Yeah. And and that, what I love also is that he wasn't bitter. Yeah. Nope. Not at all. He wasn't bitter towards mm-hmm. his brothers. He mm-hmm. wasn't bitter towards his dad. Mm-hmm. He went and did what God told him to do yes. and empowered by God. Yes. Like, and I just think that that's so beautiful because yeah. he had every reason to be like, I know that with God, I can defeat this, this uncircumcised Philistine. Completely. But since y'all wanted to act funny. Yeah. Do it yourself. Yeah. Go ahead. One of the revelations God gave me out of this that I, I go into a lot of detail in the book is that rejection actually positions you for purpose. Like the fact that he was left in that field and he had to depend on the Lord, he had to learn how to how to shepherd these sheep. He mm-hmm. would eventually become the king of Israel. He would be the chief shepherd of yep. the nation of Israel. He learned how to do that in the field. I had an experience... Um, that I share, I shared at at the church where um, some years ago I was working for a really large corporation mm-hmm. and I was not hired as a spokesperson at all. Mm-hmm. But um, the communications team found out that I was a speaker, and so they asked me to start speaking on behalf of the company at different events and things. And I was like, sure. Well, I guess I did a good job because mm-hmm. they started to ask me to do more mm-hmm. and do media. And my manager at the time, at first, she was like, "Oh, this is great. You're doing yeah. a great job." Well, when my performance review came around, she was like, you know, I think you're spending too much time doing all these speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to focus on your core work. Mind you, my rating was excellent. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. do, I was doing more. So she said, "Um, I need you to focus on your core work. So you're not doing any of that anymore. Um, You just need to focus on your work. I went to the communications team and I was like, what is going on? And they were like, I don't know. Mm. This is crazy, but we have to honor what she says. Well, you know, I thought that was it. Like she closed the door on that thing. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you how God works. <laughs> so because I had been doing some different speaking engagements, people still reached out to me mm-hmm. and they were like, hey, can you speak at this event on behalf of the company? And I said to them, I can't because I'm not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, as it turned out, I went to my communications team and they were like, well, as long as you don't you know, like use your company title, Mm -hmm. you can do the engagements as yourself. Mm -hmm. When I was speaking on behalf of the company, I couldn't get paid. Mm -hmm. But when I started to speak as Nona (laughs) Jones, I could get paid. Paid, Okay. And so what happened was she closed that door and Mm -hmm. I had so much pain and I felt so rejected in that moment. But what was happening is she closed that door 
so that God could direct my attention mm. to where he wanted me to go, mm -hmm. which I never, never. Mm. would have gone down that path. Because you weren't, ra you weren't raised in church, were mm -hmm. you? You didn't. So I became a minister eventually, okay. but I was not thinking of being a speaker yeah. at all. That's not something I But even from a do. little girl, were you in church? I'm assuming your mom no. didn't take it. And no. so how did you get to even knowing God? Like, how did you even get to that point? Because after so much rejection, it would produce every reason in you to believe that God wasn't real and God is awful. And he, why would he allow this to happen? Because there are those yeah. who do believe in that and, or who do believe that. And I know that I'm going to keep it a buck. I've been in situations where I'm like, I've been raised in church my whole life, but I've yeah. still doubted God. Yeah, I still have had questions in my walk, you know, and when I, since I grew up in church from that point, all the way through my twenties. And I've questioned God at points in my life and been yeah. like, huh, how are you real? But you're letting this happen mm -hmm. or how, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for someone who didn't grow up in church, how did you get to the place where you believed and knew that God was real? I, and I don't know how I learned to do this, so I can't even tell somebody how to do mm -hmm. it, but I've just always believed that God is good. Mm. And so when I experienced those rejections, instead of it drawing me away from God, it actually drew me closer mm. to him. Um, when I felt isolated, when I felt alone, I would turn to God in prayer. I would bring my my pain yeah. to him in prayer. I would be very, very blunt, like, Lord, mm. this is how I feel about this situation. Through tears, I would express, this is how it hurt me. And I knew that he was hearing me. Yeah. Like I, I knew I could trust God. And so that's why I think I've been able to hear the voice mm -hmm. of God, even in times of pain yeah. where I'm like, I know you're good. Your nature is to be good. So I don't understand this, but I'm going to bring it to you yeah. and I'm going to pray with you so that you'll help me come to a place of understanding yeah. because your word makes the promise that you'll work everything, everything. together yeah. for my good. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm leaning on that promise Yeah. now. I want to say you make it happen, right? right? right but right. that's that's what I would do. So even though going through that, your childhood and all the rejection that you experience, um, what what would you say is the thing outside of knowing that God was good, yeah. right, and knowing that He was with you? What keeps you? Mm. What keeps you in that? knowing because I, I was telling you this in the kitchen earlier. I, I believe that a lot of people believe in Jesus. Oh yeah. I believe that a lot of people believe in God. Um, and I also know, know that I believe in a lot of people. I believe yeah. that Barack Obama exists. Right. I believe he has right, a right, wife right. named right. Michelle and yeah. two daughters. I believe, um, I believe that Beyonce is real and right. she has a husband and three children and she's an amazing singer. But the difference is I don't know any of them. And I mm -hmm. think that we have come to a place where um, mm -hmm. Christianity, spirituality is a trend. Yeah, And, and I, I also see it as a mercy of God because he's allowing people to have a hunger for something more. Mm -hmm. They are desiring something more, answers that they don't have. They're on a quest to find something, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are being led to Christianity and, but I don't know if a lot of people are being led to the knowledge of him. Mm. And That's it's good. one thing to believe, right? You believe yeah. that God was good, 
But then it's another thing to know that he's good. So what keeps you in that knowing? Like what, one, A, what was the, what was the moment for you where like, I know, yeah, I know him and I know that he's real. And then what keeps you in that knowing? Man, I, I so resonate with David's story because it was in those times of isolation, um, even as a child by Mm -hmm. myself, that I came to know who God is because he's all I had. And, and that, that makes the difference. Like I didn't have brothers and sisters to talk to about my Mm -hmm. stuff. I didn't have other family members to talk to about my stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't have other adults to talk to about my stuff. So I spent time with God Mm -hmm. when I was 12. Like, I mean, I, I got, uh, I started going to church when I was 11, Mm -hmm. accepted Jesus as Lord of my life when I was about 12. Love that started reading the Bible, like was, was on fire for God. Mm. I read the Bible by myself when I was 12. Wow. And so praying to God and just spending that time with him made the difference. That's how I got to know him. You know, Mm -hmm. using the examples you gave, it's like, yes, we know of the Obamas, Mm -hmm. we know of Beyonce and Mm Jay-Z, but the, 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 we, we believe that they exist, but we don't know Mm. who they are because we don't spend time Time with with them. Yes. That makes the difference. And, and God is not you know, a fly by night, drive by experience. Yeah. Like you have to actually tarry, yeah. spend time with him in yes. prayer, find that quiet time, get away. We have to get to a place that we stop having intermediaries with God. Because first of all, the priesthood has been restored. Like, let me, let me just pause there for a minute. So <laughs> we seem to believe that it is a pastor or minister who is our intermediary with God. Mm. Like we have to go to them for prayer. We Mm -hmm. have to go to them for a word. word. And it's like, no, the Bible tells us that when Christ gave up the ghost, Mm -hmm. that the veil that separated Mm -hmm. the holy from the holies of holies in the temple was torn from top to bottom. It was ripped in two, which means we now have direct access to God. We yeah. don't have to go through anybody. Yeah. Which is why we have to spend that time. Yeah. It's it's not about, well, let me wait for Bible study on Wednesday mm-hmm. or I'll wait till we church. go to church on yeah. Sunday. It's like, no. Yeah. Like we are the priests. Yeah. We are the intercessors, the intermediaries. So it's spending time with yeah. God. And I think that as I look back on it again, man, every rejection serves a purpose. I was rejected as a child. I was isolated. I was left alone so much. All I had is God. Yeah. So when David talks about, you know, it was the Lord mm-hmm. who protected me from the paw of the lion and the mm-hmm. paw of the bear. I know exactly what that means mm-hmm. because I didn't have anybody in the house protecting me from my mom, my mom's yeah. boyfriend. I didn't even have anybody in the house protecting me when my mom was trying to strangle me. All I had was the Lord. Mm. And so I believe in him and, and I know him because I've spent time with him. Yeah. Um, and I would just encourage people when those rejections happen, instead of looking inward, and asking the question, what's wrong with me? Yeah. We have to discipline ourselves to look upward mm-hmm. and say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. That's a different posture. And it's hard. I know that that's hard. I yeah. know for, cause I, I have lived a life where I have felt, like I said, it wasn't until I heard you preach where I started to look back at my life and feel like, oh, okay, that was rejection. Mm-hmm. That was rejection. I felt that. And but not knowing how to put language to it, like when you have a parent, you know, that lives down the block for you mm-hmm. from you and he doesn't come and see you yeah. for a year. Never knew. I never even knew like my dad was down the block mm-hmm. at, a, at a certain point in my life. Now I have a great relationship with my dad now. But at that time, you know, feeling that as a child yeah. and not knowing how to 
articulate that, not knowing how to process that feeling of rejection. But I was always, I was that kid that was always just a Jesus freak. I just loved God. <laughs> I was always in church and I just loved it. But, um, but leaning, just looking back on that time and just knowing that I was kept and held yes. and that yes. all of the things that I experienced because of the result of rejection. So like suicidal thoughts that I've had and suicidal attempts that I've had and depression that I have felt and the anxiety that I have felt probably stemmed from those times yeah. of rejection and knowing how God has kept my life. And so, and those are things that like, like you said, David, nobody was out there in the field with David. Nobody was with you when your, your mom's boyfriend abused you, when your mom abused Nobody was there but you, but God saw all of it. Yeah. And, and looking back on how many times my life could have been taken and that he saved me. And then I, and then I go back to 2023, that was just last year, and look at all the, the opportunities that I had to take yeah. my life. Yeah. And how he kept me. Mm -hmm. And he only kept me because I I I had this trust in him yep. and I stayed consistent in this word. And that's what helped me know him more. Yes. Yes. By sitting with him, sometimes with nothing to say, just tears, but tears that he will interpret. Yeah. Interpret every one of them. And then learning his word and built it, it strengthened my faith. It mm -hmm. strengthened the knowing mm -hmm. that he's real. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. He was so real. And what could you say for people who are, because like you said, where that veil was torn, so we have direct mm -hmm. access to God, but church community is important, oh, right? Leadership is important. Yeah, so what would you, what would you encourage people um, on finding those right leaderships, finding those right um, communities and churches that, will help you mm -hmm. get in like your knowing mm -hmm. him help help you and lead you to knowing him more and yeah. knowing that and helping you to learn how to go to him and not feel like you have to wait for Sunday mm -hmm. or wait for midweek service or wait for the pastor to lay hands mm -hmm. on you or wait for this like outer miraculous thing yeah. to happen you know what could what are the things that people need to look for? Because I feel like people have a hunger oh, right man. now for God. So I'm going to say something that may take us in a different direction, <laughs> but, uh, and I pray people receive it. Look for a church where God is God, mm. not the pastor. Where God Ooh. is God. A church where people are longing to be close to God, not the pastor. Mm. And there's a big difference. There's a huge difference. Um, we are in a culture where everybody is looking on social media to see who's popping, who's trending, you know, and we have to be careful. Look, I'm in pastoral ministry. My mm -hmm. husband and I pastor a church. We have to be very careful as pastors that we are so transparent that when people see us, they see Jesus. Yeah. Like, yeah. I am not the show. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I believe, and I, I say this on my platform often, is like, I don't care how many followers I have. If yeah. they're not following Jesus through me, that's a problem. Like, I'm meant to be a conduit. Like, you have to connect with the church community where God is God. And if it's a place where 
everybody is just so eager to be in the presence of the pastor. Beware, Mm. beware, Mm. because there's no human being walking this earth who has a heaven or a hell to put you in. And only in places where God is the celebrity Mm -hmm. will you find the fruit of the spirit, peace, joy, long suffering, hope, love, like that's where you're going to find it. And so I think just be very careful that you guard your heart so that you don't get caught up yeah. In places where the pastor is God and not God. Yeah. Um, that's where you're going to be able to find healing and deliverance. Yeah. Because I can promise you this, God is not operating in a place where he is not on the throne. <laughs> His power is not flowing in a place Lord. where he is relegated to the second chair. And so if you want to be in the transformative power of God, you want to be in that place you got to be in a place where God is God. And and to be in a place where you're led by someone, especially if you're not matured in your faith, mm, right? Because there's especially. so many people that are not matured in the faith. I'm yeah. still maturing in my faith every day. But if someone that is leading you doesn't have a reverential fear of the Lord, <sighs> that oh. is not the place that you need to be at because- yeah. There is a difference in how you lead when you have a reverential fear of the Lord. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And you are like this this passage in, um, in Deuteronomy, I think it's Deuteronomy 27, where it says um, to be careful to, to obey all of his commandments yes. and in order to be careful to mm. obey all of his commandments yes. and, and then bring in another scripture where it says, consider him in all your ways. In order to do those things, you have to have this reverential fear of him. Yes. And I think we have lost mm-hmm. the fear, the reverential fear yeah. of God. Yeah. We love Jesus. Mm-hmm. We believe in Jesus, but we have no fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not a fear to be scared. Right. And, and I feel like a lot of time, and where we are right now, I feel like we, people who are communicators of the gospel in any way, whether it's on a platform, whether it's on TikTok, mm-hmm. YouTube, or Instagram, wherever, I feel like there has been this watering down of mm. the word yeah. to appease people so that they're comfortable and so that we don't lose followers mm. and so that we're not canceled or any of that. 
And so we have to be careful about saying the fear of the Lord, but, yeah. but it's the fear of the Lord, not yes. in a scared way, yeah. but there is a, there is a, a difference reverence. in a reverential fear. Yes. yes. And mm-hmm. I guess my question is why have we lost that? Oh. Why has the church lost that? Oh, well, I would say that the easy answer is because it's been prophesied. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. The easy yeah. answer is, is because the Bible is true and, and we are definitely in a state of um, falling away this idea of just, yeah, God is, Jesus is my homeboy, it's cool, whatever. Which yeah. I think um, the idea of reverential fear is so critical. Mm. But I think we don't have that fear because we don't have an eternity mindset. Like when you're thinking about the temporal, when you're mm. thinking about today, when you're thinking about your uh, earthly life, then you can get caught up in followers. You can get mm. caught up in um, celebrity culture. You can get caught up in, you know, doing it for the gram yeah. and all of that. When you have an eternity mindset, yeah. what you realize is, so John Bevere, he has an, an incredible book called Driven by Eternity. I'm about to read that next. I just, I'm finishing all of God. Did I and tell then, you about that book? Okay, yes. When we had lunch? Was that, yes. Okay, okay. So I'm reading all of, I've read Beta Satan, which Ugh, changed my life. Girl. And I told, I tell everyone it's on my Amazon like storefront. Go yes. get that book. And then I, I'm reading all of God, which is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just have you on your face. Like, just yes, God. That. Yes, Lord. Okay. And yes. so Driven by Eternity is my next one. So he makes a statement in the book that is so powerful. When you think about the infinity, infinity mm-hmm. is forever, right? It's it's all of the past and all of the future. Mathematically, infinity isn't even a number. It's like a concept of everything. And so it's it's every number. Any number divided by infinity is zero, right? The reason why that matters is because infinity represents eternity. Mm-hmm. So if you live 500 years, divide that by eternity mm. and it's zero. Mm. When you have that eternity mindset, which is it doesn't matter how long I live. It doesn't matter in the the big scheme of things, but you also realize that your rewards, your eternal rewards are literally based on what you do with the time that you have. Mm. You're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and you're going to give an account for how you spent every second ah. of your life. When you have that mindset. Does that not put chill? It puts chills through my body. Listen, I think it's in Matthew 7. <sighs> the most sobering scripture ever, you know, people who are, you know, healing in the name of Mm -hmm. Jesus and prophesying and doing all these good deeds in the name of Jesus. And he looks at them and he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. The thought of that, the thought of of building churches, multiple campuses, speaking to crowds of 50,000, 100,000, New York Times bestselling author, um, the thought of knowing all these celebrities and having all these money and flying on private jets, and you get to the judgment seat of Christ. And he says, I'm sorry, you are. Do you huh? know how <laughs> I could cry? That's I, scary. I I shudder. That's where the reverential fear of God yeah. comes from. I think of that every day. Yeah. Lord, I want my life to please you. Yep. Father, if nobody ever knows my name, that's okay. Yep, that's okay. I am shocked. <laughs> every time I meet somebody and they're like, Nona, I'm like... <laughs> I am shocked because I live my life yeah. to please him. Yeah. I, I am thinking about the judgment seat every day. Every day. Because yeah. we don't know the day nor the hour. And yeah. we get so caught up 
in being the best, having the biggest platform, speaking at the biggest conferences, you know, um, knowing the most powerful people. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't know why it makes me, it makes me, it just always brings me to tears because having a platform and influence is nothing that I ever prayed for. I've never prayed for this. I never yeah, prayed same, for same. any of this. And um, because I know that scripture. And I and I and I was on the floor last night praying, crying out to God. And I said, God, if there's ever a moment where you see me compromising, take my life. Because I don't want to stand before you. And you say to me, you did all these great things, but I don't know you. Yeah. I said, I never want to get to a place of influence where I have compromised the intimacy that I have built with you when nobody else was around, when everyone yeah. rejected me, when they villainized yeah. me, when they talked bad about me, when they went around and told everybody I was evil. I don't, I, you were the only one that was there comforting me, yes, telling me that I was loved, yes. telling me that, you know, you had my back, you know? And so I never want to get to a place of influence yeah. where I compromise that ever yes. because I can never stand before him and tell and him tell me that he doesn't know like it breaks my heart mm. and it breaks my heart because I know that there are so many that yeah. are going to stand before him oh, who have done amazing things who have led churches who have led conferences who have spoken to hundreds and thousands of people and he's going to and they're going to stand before him yeah. and he's going to say I don't know you they're going to that and they're going to be the people who everybody knows who may make it in, but will have very few rewards. And, and, and you're going to look and be like, but didn't you do all? But it'll burn up. Like it'll literally burn up because it wasn't for Christ. It was for self. You know, I often marvel because we're, we're, we're on the same wavelength. Like I didn't pray for none of this. Yeah. I didn't ask God for none of this. I marvel at it. And it, it makes me, it scares me because yeah. it's like, God, why are you trusting me with this? <laughs> like me, like, Lord. And my prayer, my prayer is, Lord, please never let me grow beyond yep. my character. Yeah, God, I want to only grow to the point that my character can keep me yeah. honoring you. Yeah, like help me, God. Yeah. I remember some years ago, I had always wanted. This is when the Lord was dealing with me. I had wanted somebody who had like a platform to like share a post. Cause I was like, then people will follow me. And like, it never happened. And I was like, okay with that. But I was yeah. like, man, if only somebody would put me on, look, God has grown my platform. Girl, no advertising, not out here trying to get, followed. God has done it. Yeah. So he gets the glory. Yeah. And that's the and thing. That's the thing. That's he what doesn't he wants. share oh, his glory. God. Like he doesn't share his glory. And so we, and that's an indicator to know how it's God. Yes. When you know, because you're like, it can't, I don't know how this person got here. I don't know how this, I don't know how it happened. And what we do is we like position ourselves and try to posture ourselves yeah. to get noticed by people. Yeah. And it's like, in fact, you just need to live a life that honors God. Yeah. Because when God elevates you, when God enlarges your territory, he gets the credit. He he is not looking at you like, yeah, connect with that person so they can be like, look who I put on. No. As a matter of fact, if God really loves you, oh, this is the part we talk about rejection. Mm. If God really loves you. He's going to close every Ev door that you've been trying to walk through in hopes that that would be the win. 
because he wants to make it crystal clear. Crystal. That it was him. And that and that's it. And you be sitting right here like, dang, nothing's working. Exactly. No, no. When <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When I tell you I know <laughs> this to be true because of what I've walked through in the last year, the doors that have been shut, mm-hmm. the people that have left, the things that have gone. Because yep. God has been very clear. One, it will be me. That gets all the glory. It's not going to be who you're connected to. Yeah. It's not going to be who you're standing next to. It's not going to be who endorsed you. It's not going to be. It's not going to be any of that. It's going to be me. Yeah. And then two, it it puts me in a position to trust him. And I remember God telling me this clearly. I want you to live a life where you're trusting me, like for your daily bread, because it puts you in a position to really trust him. Because if I give you everything at once, then you just will eat off of that. Yeah. And then what? But if you trust me for your daily bread, so you wake up every day saying, I don't know, God, whatever you say, whatever I trust that whatever you're whatever I need, you will provide. It puts me in this position of just trusting and needing and leaning on him in a way it forces me to go in my word. It forces me to pray. It forces me to talk to my children about God. It forces me to implement that even in how I raise them and their their discipline and all of it because I need him daily. I mean, mm. daily. And even with this platform, like the things that have occurred, I'm like, I can't believe that I'm doing this, but it has not been because I no. planned it out. No. This podcast happened in two weeks. <laughs> not No lie. The, the in totality started Jay's not in his head in totality started in two weeks from the from the wet brandy from the website to the the logo to in two weeks I had nothing planned because God said trust me yeah and that's how you know that he has his hand on it and he can get all the glory and two I and I was praying this last night I said God I I, I want you to trust me because I want you to know like, I want you to look at me and be like, I know I can trust her with that because yes. I know that she'll give me all the glory. Yes. I know she won't give it to anybody else, yes. not even herself. Even now, it's funny. Like, we're having this conversation. The spirit is speaking to me as we're having this conversation. <laughs> I'm like laughing internally because I love being transparent. So, um, you know, my book, The Gift of Rejection, coming out in September. And uh, we we published one of the, the sermons um, on my YouTube mm-hmm. last year. And this thing... It's like I got a million views, like tens of thousands of comments. People every day are just like, this message has changed my life. Yeah, I've had it did. I've had I've had people of other faiths. I've had people of other faiths choose Jesus because of this message. Now, here's the funny thing. As I saw that like picking up, like even when we would post a clip on mm-hmm. Instagram and get like a million, two million Facebook, all this stuff views. And I saw that and I was telling my publisher, I was like, wow, like there just seems like like God's hand is on this message. Um, like what, like what's the plan to promote the book? Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, my publisher team is great. And they were kind of like, oh, you know, we'll get to it. We get to whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling this, like, oh, we got to do something. We got to do something. There's like all this momentum. We got to do something. Yeah. And God has been dealing with me because God is like, you didn't have nothing to do with any of this. Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to put your hands on what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to strategize to make this a bestseller? Mm-hmm. I don't care if five people read the book. Those five people will be the ones who needed the book. So Jesus. why are you trying to put your Jesus. hands on what I have done? Yeah. And I've had to be like, well, well Lord, hey, take yours. your hand. All right, Father, whatever happens, happens. When I tell you. Okay. This podcast ain't my podcast, y'all. 
this is not my podcast. I literally, as, and I bring Brandy up a lot because I talk to her a lot about me not knowing what I'm doing. Jay and Jordan too, but Brandy helps me so much like with administratively and just the logistics of stuff. And I'm so thankful. And, but I literally, I, it's got, I don't, I'm just like, God, whatever you say, I'm not on social media like that. Mm -hmm. I hate promoting myself. Mm -hmm. I find it. I don't know why I just, and and that's a confidence thing that God just has to continue to work with me on. But, mm -hmm. um, but same as you, like no promotion, mm -hmm. like I'll put out the clips, but the way that God, I think the transparency yes. of yes. this walk, yes. cause I'm not trying to, I'm really just not faking it. Yeah. Like I'm really just not trying to fake it because <laughs> right? I, I right. can't, I can't. And like, I don't, I don't want to, like I that don't. takes too much energy. It's like, I just want to do and be who God has called me to be. And here's the thing. If people like it, great. And if they don't, great. Because it's just, it's me. Yeah. It's not a it's not a pretense or performance. Yeah. yeah I'm not, I'm, mm -mm, mm -mm. And we talked about this and I was like, I didn't, we don't, like, we want to do this because God has called us to yeah. do it, right? But we don't want to. You right, think right, we right, want right, that? Right. The Bible says that <laughs> leaders will be judged harsher. Oh, girl. You listen. think that the, mm -mm. like anybody who is happy to be in this position and just no. want to be and just love this, no. love that. I'm like, you should be wary of those people because yeah. that's when you really know the cost. There's accountability. There's accountability. Like the more to whom much is given, much is required. And so this idea that I want the platform, I want the notoriety, the visibility, the celebrity. Well, that just means that you're required to do more and yes. be more and represent God and at be a higher disciplined level. more. So here's the thing. And, and this is again, going in a little bit of a different direction, but I've been studying the fact that so many, and you know, we're in a season where a lot mm -hmm. of successful people are falling Mm -mm. Um, and they're falling because of this idea of temptation. Now, here's the thing. People think that temptation is just when something is presented to you, right? But the Bible says that a man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, right? So it's not that something is presented to you. It's that you were drawn to it because you already had yeah, a lust that, for yep. it, right? Yep. And so I. that's why my prayer is, Lord, don't take me any further than my character can keep me. Because look, the heart is 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 wicked, deceitful. deceitful. You hear me? Like I don't I don't know what all's in there. God does, <laughs> right? So I'm like, God, keep me where I need to be kept, right? And so we, the more that God gives to you, the more um, cognizant you have to be mm -hmm. of your frailties mm -hmm. and your weaknesses, mm -hmm. because the enemy is studying you like a game of chess. And he knows every move that you're about to make. He's he's five moves down the road from you. Like you think you're so smart. And he's like, oh yeah, I know how this plays out. Because it's been playing like this for centuries and, and millennia. And so we have to know ourselves. But mm. what's happening is so many people are drawn to the platform and the, the glory and the, the celebrity and, and what it looks like. They're not dealing with the real issues, yeah. which is the heart. Yes. There's there's lust inside of the heart that will draw you and into talk things. about that because people think lust is just sexual. Mm -hmm. And that's not what just no. lust is. It's lust not is just desire. A it's just the, the fleshly yeah, desire. Fleshly desire. That's what it is. And so that's why our heart has got to be toward the father. Yes. Like our our longing has to be for the father. Father and for his will, yeah. not for anything on earth, because that creates the seed for temptation to happen because you will be enticed. What will happen is that lust, that desire mm -hmm. will draw you away mm -hmm. and then you will be enticed. Yep. And that's when compromise happens. Lord, 
when have you have the mercy. opportunity because your lust has already drawn you away. So no, we have to surrender that to God mm. daily. That's what crucifying the flesh yeah. is, is yeah. it's crucifying the lust yeah. of the flesh. Yeah. What is it that I desire that is anything other than Jesus? Yeah. I got to crucify yeah. that every day. And and that's something that I often have to, I encourage people with and have to remind myself like anything like think of the thing that you love the most mm. that you that you just treasure the most mm. and if god were to require that of you what would be your first answer would there be hesitation would there be delay in, in obedience mm -hmm. what is your response it's the thing that you want the most yeah. and you get it and then he requires it back from you or the thing that you want the most and he says no yeah what is your response to that yeah and that will tell you the level of intimacy and knowing that you have with God. Yeah. And that will also help you to pray and say, God, help me. Yeah. Because I don't want anything more than I want you. Yes. I yes. don't want it. After what I have been through, I was telling Jay and Jordan this last night after coming from church. I was like, it creates this level of desperation mm -hmm. that I cannot explain, yeah. but I just so desire because yes. I've met with him. Yes. I've been in his presence. Yes. He has loved on me in ways that I have never been loved. Yeah. And it creates this desperation for him that I need him. So whatever you require from me, God, I give it to you. Yes. Whatever that is, if yes. it's a relationship, I'll give that to you. Mm -hmm. If it's a friendship, you can have it. If it's a, a habit, you can have it. If it's my time, you can have it. Yeah. Whatever you require from me. And I know that this is, has been my word for this year is that I don't, I can't say in 2024, you're going to get more or 2024, <laughs> more open doors. I don't know yes. what the thing, whatever. All I can say is in 2024, you better be obedient mm. and do it quickly. My word for 2024 is surrender. Mm. That's my word. It's like surrender God. Whatever you are calling me to, it's done. Yeah. It's done. I was I was talking to my husband a couple of weeks ago. Um, I have a beautiful home. I love my home. And I told my husband, I said, if God tells me to sell this house, we're leaving. Like I'm, I'm at that place yes. where it's just like exactly what, what you said, which is God, whatever you require of me, I will do it. Yeah. I will do it because you're all I want. That's like it. in you... I have everything, everything I need. I have everything, everything I need. And so why would I hang on to anything that's going to atrophy, decay? Um, you know, I was thinking also how, you know, many times we aspire to win awards, right? Mm -hmm. You think about, you know, I think the Oscars just happened and and people, they get so excited about the idea of winning an Oscar or a Grammy yeah. or something. It's like, well, while that's awesome, it's also annual. Yeah. <laughs> like every year there's going to be another competition, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And yet in God. It's done. Yeah. Like there's nothing you could do to win the love of God Never. more next yeah. year than you did this year. Yeah. Like it's, it's done. And so I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be in a rat race. Yeah. I don't want to be in a rat race. Yeah. I just want to serve you and whatever you require of me for that. That's what I'll do. I love that. Oh that's man. I feel like we could talk forever because I just love you and <laughs> I appreciate your um, transparency. Oh, I, appreciate I appreciate your too, vulnerability, man. even privately. Yeah. You, you were so transparent and vulnerable with me. And I appreciate that because you don't come across people 
that can really mm. just be normal. And <laughs> you know what I mean? It just be a human being that is vulnerable because, you know, we live in a wicked world and it's hard to know who to trust. It's hard to know who you can place your trust in. It's hard to know who you can be vulnerable with yeah. because the second somebody makes you mad, they'll run off and tell everybody oh, your gosh. business and, and weaponize your most vulnerable seasons and your most vulnerable times and villainize you and do all sorts of things. And mm. I've experienced that and it, it, it puts a damper on your trust. Um, but I prayed that God would send godly people in my life. And out of nowhere, you you text me or DM'd me and I had DM'd you yeah. after hearing you preach. Yeah. Um, and then you had came across my uh page and and you were just kind. <laughs> and and I just appreciate you and yeah. just the the time that you took to sit with me and just hear me and love on me and encourage me and, and share with me too. And I just, I appreciate you. But let me tell you why I did that. Um, right around the time that I reached out to you, I had been praying to God. I was like, Lord, help me to encourage who needs to be encouraged. Mm -hmm. Like that was my prayer. Mm -hmm. And there was a post that you made and I saw it and the Holy Spirit like made me like laser focused on it, like mm. encourage her. And I didn't know. So here's the thing people don't know. I don't know a lot about pop culture. Like I didn't know what was going on yeah. in your world, your life. Yeah. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. All I know is the Holy Spirit said, encourage her. And so I reached out to you and we got a chance to meet and mm -hmm. talk and all that. And, and I just want you to know that God's hand is all over you. Like all over you. He has favored you. Um, you are not just a voice, you are an example. And that's the difference. There are so many people who are posting all types of things about you know how good God is, but you are an example of his goodness. And we need that. So yeah. stay on the battlefield, girl. <laughs> I am proud of you. Thank I'm you. rooting for you. You are my sister and I Thank love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Man, of course I'm going to cry because I'm a freaking cry baby <laughs> i cry all the time y'all sorry i used to never cry but i i i'm allowing yes. myself to yes. do it more because i know i used to never you know let myself do that but thank you thank you thank you for that um yeah man i don't even know how to end this but i i, I did have some questions but i don't want to go too long but um thank you thank you and thank i you. pray you guys um were able to get something from this there was so much uh, encouragement from weight loss to <laughs> from your from your physical health to your spiritual health. We were able to cover so much, and I pray that um, that God spoke to you, spoke to your heart, and I pray that you're not the same for the better after watching this. And um, make sure you follow Nona and all that she's doing. Um, I'm sure you will you, be. You can promise, or I can promise you, and you can be sure to know that I will be talking about her book when it comes out in September, um, and sending copies to everyone. And I know because it changed my life. That message changed my life, and I know it's going to change so many people's lives. Um, so make sure you guys follow Nona and everything that she's doing. Hey everybody, my name is Nona Jones and I am so honored to be a guest on In Totality with my homegirl, Megan Ashley. I wanna make you aware of a really special event that I'm hosting this September 8th through the 11th called the Success from the Inside Out Retreat. This retreat is four days and three nights of impartation and encouragement that is going to help every current and aspiring woman leader unlock that next level of leadership impact and purpose that God has placed on the inside of you. Listen, I have a dynamic 
perfect lineup of world-class speakers and success coaches who are going to come alongside of you for our time together at the beautiful Vinoy Resort and Golf Club on the water at St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, and you can head over to nonajones.com backslash retreat to get registered today. But here's the thing, because you are a viewer of In Totality, because you are a regular supporter of In Totality, you get access to an exclusive discount using the code IT100. You will get $100 off of the registration and registration includes your lodging, most of your meals and access to all sessions. So again, head over to nonajones.com backslash retreat and use discount code IT100 to take advantage of this offer. I hope to see you there. Uh, your Instagram is at Nona Jones, right? It's at Nona, not Nora. No, <laughs> at Nona, not Nora. Why did yeah. you? Okay, so listen. Um, I was what I actually was wondering why my, is that your Instagram name? My ma so my maiden name was Collins. Okay, and when I was Nona Collins, like I never got called Nora, but when I got married and it became Jones. Nora Jones is like this really famous, you know, music artist. Mm. And so people would just call me Nora Jones all the time. Well, I was in Australia once. That's I was speaking hilarious. at this conference and I was backstage and the MC was introducing me. And he literally said, she's a Grammy Award winning artist, no. singer, songwriter no. from the United States of America. Give it up for Nora Jones. And I had to walk out and be like, clearly um, I'm not this white woman jazz musician. No. I'm so sorry if you came here. Thinking, I was like, don't know why. No, I'm sorry. But she can sing, y'all. So don't let her fool you. Go to her Instagram. She can sing. Do not let Nona fool y'all because she so can that's sing. Why it that's is hilarious. Nona, not Nora. Okay, so make sure you guys, and that's all, all your platforms. All platforms. Make sure you guys follow her. Her name is Nona, not Nora. Okay. Um, and make sure you guys follow uh, my uh Subscribe on YouTube, follow the Instagram page, follow um, In Totality and my page on Instagram, um, and go to my Patreon. We have some bonus content of Nona on my Patreon. Go there now. Go there. What'd you say, Jay? Oh, Jay said she's fired. Yeah, she's fired. <laughs> the bonus content was fire. Jay said it was fire. I haven't seen it yet, but I know Nona and I know that she always comes with a good word and I know it's going to be fire. So listen, if you haven't joined my Patreon, all bonus content is on there. The In Totality docu-series where you can see me live this walk out, like it, in, really in real time. Um, and I pray that that encourages you. That's all on Patreon. Bible, we're starting Bible studies soon, discipleship soon. We're doing live Zooms. All of that is on my Patreon. So make sure you go to my website, www.themeganashley.com. You can find the links on there. My Amazon storefront, if you want to know and have materials to help you grow a deeper relationship with God, all the study materials that I use is on my Amazon storefront. Nona's book is going to be on there because <laughs> I know it's going to be fired. I'm going to be sending it to everybody. That's going to be on there. Devotionals that I have read, books that I've read. Uh, the books that we mentioned today mm -hmm. from John Revere, those books are on there. So head over to that. Um, and yeah, I love you guys and I'll see you next week. Hey, you guys, before you go, I just wanted to say how grateful I am for your love and support. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment and share it with a friend or a family member. If you could do me one huge favor, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a heartfelt review. It helps others just like you discover the podcast. You guys, let's continue to spread the inspiration. For more about me and the podcast, visit www.themeganashley.com. Until next time, stay encouraged that you are so valuable and so loved.